This is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast, Season 7, Episode 22. I'm joined again by... Our full house, Kyle Gauss, Sam Cohn, Dante Colonelli, Javon Edmonds, and our special guest this week, always kind enough with his time, uh, joins us every season, sometimes multiple times throughout the season, is Temple assistant, Jimmy Fennerty. Jimmy, what's going on, man? How are you? Yeah, doing great. Doing great. Uh, it's, uh, it, hopefully we uh, we can start playing some games here and I'll be doing even better. But um, everything's been going well, man. We've got a good good week to 10 days here at practice and uh, excited for USF here on Saturday. Hey, Jim, before we get into the basketball stuff, uh, how was your holiday? Um, I know you, know you have been so eloquent and so great in talking about your late father, how much he meant to you. Um, you, you were kind enough to, to talk to my sports writing class at Temple this past semester and just blew everybody away. Um, but I, you know, I've, and you've been great in talking to me about processing that stuff with family and, and fathers and, um, what, how, how's your family doing and what was this holiday like for you? Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was different. It was, uh, it, you know, it, every, a lot of milestones. Um, I mean, today, today is, uh, eight months to the day. Mm-hmm. So, just every time that 19th comes around, you, you kind of remember um, and think of some things. And it's it's it, it's been tough, but it, we're getting there. We're getting there. The crazy part is I actually – I think I caught COVID on Christmas Day. Um, oh. I, I started getting symptoms. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm sharing it with the world, not that it's big-time news, but I, I was one of the people – we had a bunch of guys test positive there. That's why we missed that Nova game. But um, So that, that kind of put a damper on things. But – um, other than that, uh, we're hanging in there, doing well. Mom's doing well. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. good. Thanks hear. for asking. Good to hear. Um, Jimmy, what's what's today like? I mean, normally you guys were supposed to play Wichita State, but you know uh, they've said due to health and safety, you know, protocol issues within their program, you guys are not playing them tonight. So, what's what's a Wednesday like when you guys found out yesterday, yesterday, right, that you weren't gonna weren't gonna play? So, what was today like for you guys? Today was a, a, a lot lighter. Um, we'd been practicing pretty hard. It, we, we took uh, a day off, um, did something light Friday. Saturday, we played a lot. Um, played like a, a, a 10, 15, 60-minute game, I think it was, 60-minute game um, between the squads just to keep that sort of conditioning uh, around. Um, and then off Sunday, back Monday, played a lot. And then Tuesday, we came in. And Tuesday morning, we found out that we weren't going to play. Uh, so just to keep that condition, played a 20 minute game, um, two sides and, and split the teams up and mixed lineups and did different things and it worked on different out of bounds plays, out of timeouts, that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yes, or then today, guys just shot, got a lot of shots up. Um, I think that's been the, the, the thing that has helped us the most um, after the St. Joe's game. We, we've had these guys in here and, and they've been doing a lot on their own, just getting in here a ton of shots every night and just building that confidence and, and getting game shots from game spots and, and giving them opportunities to, to see where their shots coming from and build that confidence as well. Uh, I think that's been the, the exciting part for us. And, and just, so just reinforcing that, getting these guys in here, and, um, just getting a ton of shots today is pretty much what we did. Jimmy, before I turn it over to the rest of the guys here to have them get some of their questions in, does a game like this, does the Wichita state game, get rescheduled, have more priority because it's a conference game, like ahead of like 
Villanova and Drexel. I mean, we've been hearing that Villanova and Drexel are long shots unless there's like a mutual opening on both schedules. But do you know anything along those lines in terms of any of those games getting rescheduled yet? I don't. I don't know a ton. Uh, I think it's it's based on the conference. I think it's based on availability. If we can do it, I think we're one of the lucky teams. I think most teams in our conference have had two games canceled. This is our first. Uh, so that, that's the nice part for us is that we only have to reschedule one. Uh, I think it all depends on the, the schedules as well. I mean, if you, you don't want guys playing a four game week, um, so it, trying to figure out where we can put that in. There is another off week uh, built in. I think it's before we play at Tulane, maybe. Um, so that there is a day there that, that we could play. But again, Wichita has to have that open or somebody else has to cancel a game or just to try to work that out. I think the conference is actively trying to do that. It's just a matter of finding ways to do it. I think they've rescheduled. I think UCF and Tulsa, I think they already rescheduled that one. They found a, a spot for that. So I know they're, they're working on it. So hopefully we get that that done. Hey, Jimmy, it's good to see you. Appreciate you doing this today. Um, once uh, we haven't really had a chance to ask you about this, but once Caleb went down, a lot of the fan reaction was to kind of just punt on this season. But offensively, in a lot of ways, you guys have sort of figured things out. What's been the biggest challenge of just adjusting to life without him? Yeah, so it's it's hard, right? So you lose a guy who not only brings great energy and excitement, and uh, I know he's a fan favorite, uh, but but can score thirty five on any given night. And your offense is really geared and, and guys look to him to get it going. I think if you look at our scores early on, it, when Caleb was really rolling, that's when we were rolling. And and if he if he didn't get a ton of touches and guys were denying him, we, we kind of struggled. And so for him, losing him, it, it, twofold. One, you're, you have to change the shots that you get and everybody has to move up a level uh, into, as to what their role would be. And then the second part is guys have to get comfortable shooting that shot. And I think the, I think it's going to be better for us in the long run because you've seen guys like Jalil White. You've seen Dame Dunn, who's really coming into his own uh, and building that confidence and, and security in what he can do out there. And then from there, you see a guy like Zach Hicks emerge and, and sort of get out of his funk and, and be able to make some shots and, and do some things that way. And, and then it really, I mean, all these guys have really taken their game to another level and become confident in that. And that confidence is confidence is a fickle, fickle thing. But for us, especially as young guys, I think you look at our guys now that they're, they're growing into their role and, and there's going to be bumps and bruises. Like, uh, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we're going to win every game. I hope we do. But uh, for these guys to keep taking steps. And, and that's been the, the message for us from Coach McKee on down is it just we got to keep staying in the gym, stay in the gym, stay ready, keep working. And, and as you slowly stack great days of preparation and work, it, that starts to show. And, and luckily for us, it, it showed earlier than than I think. I think if you look at our last I think our last 12 games, we're, we're nine and three. And, and a lot of that is from just putting in the work and, and guys just every day coming in here and getting things done and doing a lot extra. The, those winter break days are, are crucial for us because you get a chance to, to guys have nothing else to do. So they get in here even more than they already would. And we get a chance to spend some time with them too, which was nice. Jimmy, we want to throw in a mail, work in a mailbag question here. Cause I think it, it flows with the, the conversation in, in terms of some of these guys that are emerging and uh, it comes from a Twitter handle. I'll be back. Uh, and the question is for Jimmy, what has been the biggest change or improvement in Nick Jordan's game recently? Hope all was well. Uh, Nick's obviously a guy who has really played well for you guys. What, what have you seen with, uh, his improvement, where does that come from? Yeah, I think some of it is confidence. Uh, I think some of it is uh, Nick 
he's a gamer, man. <laughs> like you look at him last year, we threw him in there to start games for the last like three or four and, and he took it and, and did a heck of a job. And I think as you look at him now, he's, he's really getting more confident in his jump shot. Uh, and, and we're, we're with the opportunity of Caleb being out, Nick is a guy who sort of stepped in that role and, and there's shots to be had and he's going to take them. So I think that's, that's been a good piece for us. And, and he's done a great job of, of, really setting the tone. I, I thought early on at the Tulsa game, it's a tough place to play. We've never really won that. We've never won there. Not never really. We've never won there um, before this. And, and Nick went out there with no fear and, and he bangs his first four shots and he allows everybody else to settle in. And, and that's, that, that was huge for us. Huge. Hopefully he can, he can keep that going and, and keep building on this confidence. And, and he's, he's going to make threes. I, I know his numbers aren't great right now, but he, he's going to make them because he's in here every night. He's working on them. And, and I've seen him, uh, swish about seven in a row here one night and, and he, he's going to make them. It's just a matter of time. And he's got to keep getting comfortable taking the right ones and, and see the shot coming is, is what's going to be important. The preparation factor for him is key. Hey, Jimmy, I just wanted to follow up on this real quick before we turn things over to Javon here, but when you guys got Nick and I think Monty was the lead uh, recruiter on him. If you talk to some people around, around this area, that the, the rub on it was like, Hey, Temple might have gotten in the right right time, might right place. This kid's really athletic. They might have gotten a steal here. And you know, I think some I had heard like some Big East programs were starting to get involved and we're about to, you know, pull the trigger on an offer. I mean, is this again? He's got a lot of basketball left ahead of him. But is this kind of what you guys were thought was possible, or maybe, or is he even ahead of schedule? Because it does seem with his development, with Jaleel White's development, you guys are starting to see hey, these are some of the guys that we're going to build with and we got involved and we really kind of trusted our own evaluations on these guys. Yeah, and, and I think that's – that. to go back to Sam's question, I think that's the Caleb battle injury factor uh, where these guys now get moves into a role higher than they normally would and more is expected of them. And, and, and these guys have taken advantage of it and, and they've come out here and they've worked for it and, and they, get, they get the freedom to go be themselves and go do it. Uh, I think to, in my mind that I think these guys are a little ahead of schedule and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, but, but I think you look at it and, and coming into the year, we were the third least experienced team in college basketball and that was with Caleb battle. So when KB goes down, I think we're, we're even less experienced. I think we finished the last couple of games, 88% of the minutes are going to freshmen and sophomores. So these guys are, are really stepping up um, and, and Nick's done a great job. And, and I think it's a credit to the guys we have around them too, because they challenge them every day. I think the, the battle between Nick and Sage all summer was one that was terrific. And, and they both are so different, but they both give you something different. And those two guys just beat the heck out of each other all summer. And, and, uh, and I think it's made Nick more ready uh, because of Sage's physicality. So I've been proud of both of them in that aspect. Jimmy, coming into the season, Jalil White's, you know, defense was ahead of his offense. And then Zach's, you know, offense was ahead of his defense. But as the season has grown, We've seen Jalil develop as an offensive player, get into the rack, and now he's starting to hit a corner three occasionally. I know last week one of our mailbag questions had compared his development to Jalen Brown's development when he was at Cal. What really, like, what have you seen from Jalil this season that went into that and how much better he's gotten as the year goes on? Yeah, I think I think the redshirt year was crucial for Jock. Um, and obviously, we, we didn't we weren't planning on redshirt. I mean, he got hurt, so we had to. But it, it allowed him to mature. It allowed him to get up to the speed of the college game. I think that's helped him. I also think Ja Ja has a tremendous humility about himself, and, and it's it's hard for a guy who isn't necessarily making shots to 
to learn to take the right ones, um, to watch film, to get in here every day. I, I think Chris Clark has done a tremendous job with Ja in terms of mentoring him and, and teaching him like how to attack closeouts. All right, if, if they're going to lay off you, these are the ones you got to take. These are the ones maybe you spin the post, you get in there. He's a bigger physical guy. I think him playing one through four, really, and sometimes five, he's going to have a smaller guy on him and being able to take advantage of that. And then when the opportunity presents itself to, to make those corner threes. And the one thing that I love about, about Ja and Jeremiah and some of these other guys is they may not have great numbers, but they, they've made the big one. And that's been huge for us. Like you look at the shot jaw hit against ECU. You look at the shot jaw, this jaw hit against UCF. And then even Tulsa, he's hit a couple of big ones for us. And that's the preparation that he's been doing. He's been in here every day working on it, uh, shooting a ton. And, and like I said, I think Chris Clark has done a tremendous job of, of really bringing him along and developing that mindset to be able to take advantage of mismatches. And whose idea was it for him to start playing a little bit of point forward when Jeremiah needs to break off the ball? like Jalil starts to come in and run that point forward role. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's twofold. One, I think we asked Jeremiah to do so much. Uh, like he's playing 38 minutes. Uh, the ECU game, I thought he was going to need like a, a, like some sort of leg replacements at the end of it. I think he was exhausted. We're asking him to guard the best player. Uh, we're asking him to get us into offense. We're asking him to find shots for guys. We're asking him to uh, really be our voice on the floor. So any chance we can to just take some pressure off him a little bit. And I think Ja does that because Ja can guard the best player just as well as Jeremiah. And, and some guys he may guard better. Some guys Jeremiah may guard better. He can also, when he gets on the ball, he, he's so big and physically imposing that it, it, no matter who you put on, if you put on a four on him, he's quicker than him and he's going to get downhill. You put on a, a guard, he's going to, he's going to be bigger than you. He's going to, finish over um and so putting him on the ball and, and he played that way in high school as well so so getting him in in sort of some sprint at ball screens in the middle of the floor he gets downhill to his right hand he's really hard to stop because he's so big and physical and strong and he's just going to finish over top of him so if as he keeps developing his finishing skills and, and developing his layup package and working on his decision making i think that's something you'll see more from us jimmy i, I kind of wanted to follow up a little bit there with I think a lot of the guys that you guys are relying on this year, Jeremiah, uh, Jaleel, Damian Dunn, even to an extent, are guys that might have been under-recruited, Nick Jordan, that you were able to kind of project, hey, we think they can do this well, and that fits well into our system. I wanted to know just how rewarding maybe the last 9, 12, 15 games have been when you finally see that, yep, Nick Jordan is projecting the way we thought he was going to project. Yep, Jaleel White is showing what he was able to do. If that kind of just reaffirms your confidence in the process and the way that the system's working. If it's good just to kind of finally see the, the benefits of that, the results of that. Yeah. No, nah, I'm going to hit you with the, the Belichickian and, and Saban. Amen. I, we just got to get to 11 and six and after the season. And when these guys are seniors, we, we, I'll answer that question. Um, but, but I do think it's a great question in the sense that the, these guys have, have really put the work in and it's nice to see them have success. I think you look at last year and these guys, and some of them are in different situations, but you look at these guys and, and, and we're losing a ton of close games and we're getting just there and, and we can't get over that hump. So, so to be able to see these guys get over that hump, absolutely. You, you take, you take some pride in that. Uh, you, you're, you're giving some reassurance uh, for us. I think it, when, when we talked earlier in the year, I think you guys could sense the excitement that I have for this group, but you also know that they're young and, and they're not finished products and we're not finished products as a team. And, and, 
like I said, there's there's going to be games where we go out and everyone's going to be like, oh, man, like they can't they can't they can't do this. They can't do that. All right. Maybe maybe the St. Joe's game is who they were. And then there's going to be games where it's like this last three game stretch or like the Vanderbilt game. And you're like, all right, these young guys can get it done. So for us, it's going to be about a consistent mindset of constantly building on the last day and getting better and keeping that workers mentality, because that's what's got us here. And we have to keep doing that. You know what I mean? No, nobody came into the season saying, hey, 11 and six would be the best thing that we could be. Oh, that's great. Now we can just rest on. It. I think we have to want more and teaching these guys to learn how to be winners when you're winning is hard because sometimes it, those are the days, all right, we won three in a row. All right, maybe we don't have to go as hard today. No, 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 that, that's not going to happen. And that's, that's one thing Aaron is terrific at it, sort of challenging them for more, even after they've had success. Now, one of the guys that we, we've talked about here, uh, and I know it might be as simple as saying, yeah, he's putting the shots, but when I look at Dame, I see kind of a similar progression that Ramon Moore went on, went through when he was here, which is, his first two years, he couldn't really shoot. He's just getting to the basket. He's figuring things out. So this year, Damian Dunn is now an average to above average three-point shooter in this league. Is it as simple as, hey, he's just putting the work and these things are finally starting to hit? Or is it just a confidence thing? Because now he's gotten to the point where not only are you comfortable with him shooting threes, you're comfortable with him shooting threes in the biggest moments of the game. Yeah, I think it's confidence. I think it's the the, the game sort of slowing down for him. Uh, it's knowing where his shots are going to come from. And, and I think, to, to be honest with you, Dame is just a tough-as-nails dude uh, who wants that ball in that moment. I, I think in the ECU game, uh, Mont drew up something, and Mont and Chris drew up something, and, and Dame said, nah, give me the ball. And, and when a guy in your huddle says that, you're moving in the right direction. And, and he's starting, sort of coming into himself, becoming who we know he can be and who he wants to be and who he knows he can be. But it, that takes time. It's, it, it's a development process to get to that point. Uh, and, and for him, he, he's, he's taking those steps to get there. Uh, and I've been really proud of him because he, he's handled it all with tremendous humility, uh, and he's kept coming, putting in the work, and, and he's done a great job in that locker room, and guys are, are looking to him in those situations. And that's, that's a sign of his maturity, uh, how good of a teammate he is, and, and the work that he puts in. Uh, Jimmy, I wanted to ask you about another young guy, Zach Hicks, kind of, you know, what you've seen from his development so far this year. He obviously, like, he explodes for that huge game against Delaware State, and, you know, he's been a little bit inconsistent. Where do you feel like he's at right now and, and what he needs to do better? Yeah, he, he's done a great job. And, and so we call him Block. So if I, if I call him Block here, you can ask Damian Dunn why he's called Block. But um, so, so Zach is – it's weird calling him Zach because we, we just call him Block now. But uh, Zach is a guy who – Aaron says it all the time. He knows how to get you 20 because of the high school team that he was on and the situation that he was in. He had to be the guy, so he knows what it's like to be the guy. So he's not afraid of that moment. And the one thing about him is that he's going to keep shooting. And that's what we, that's exactly what we want him to do. Um, and there's going to be games where he makes, there's going to be games where he misses, but he's going to have the confidence and the, the toughness to step up there and take that next shot. So, so we've been, we've been proud of him on that. And he's in the gym. He's actually, I can hear him in the gym here now because he was walking in when I, when I got on, but um, he's a guy who gets a ton of shots every day and really works at it. The thing that's impressed me the most about him is his defense has gotten consistently better throughout the course of the last couple of weeks. I think you look at his um, – you look at late game in the ECU game, Vance Jackson tries to spin the post on him, and Zach gets a big block. Uh, same thing happened in Tulsa. He had like three or four big rebounds late in that game. 
Um, and so for us, that part of his game, it, it developing and learning from mistakes, it has been a really nice to see. Um, and, and that's a credit to him and his toughness. It's a credit to his AU and high school coaches and his family. And just, just with him, he, he comes in, he's a sponge. He's been a sponge from day one. Um, it doesn't say a whole lot. Uh, he can joke around with the best of them, but out there on the floor, he's he, all right. Yeah, coach. Absolutely. All right. Go do it. And, and that's what he does. So he's been a joy to coach from that standpoint. Jimmy wanted to ask you about Sage Tolbert. So he starts the season in the starting lineup. He's coming off, coming off the bench now. So kind of a two-part question for you. Is that kind of the role, the, the role that you envision for him now with, with Nick playing better, with job playing better. And beyond that, how has he, how has he handled that? Cause I guess a lot of guys want to start. You guys had high hopes for him in terms of um, how he could change the game for you from a defensive perspective and a shot blocking perspective and all those things is, is he, is that where you feel he's better suited now coming off the bench? And if so, how has he handled that? Yeah, I think he's brought some maturity to the locker room uh, and he comes in there and he does his job and that's been great for us. And you look at the, the Vanderbilt game, he steps up there, that's a big rebound. It's a great putback. Uh, you look at the, the, uh, the UCF game. I, I thought he, he played great, especially down the stretch in a UCF game, garden Walker garden, um, uh, Dion and, and did some good things there. And I, I think you'll continue to see that. I, I think he brings a physical presence. He's a guy who in those games against Houston and even games like UC, USF who play two bigs, he's going to, he's going to get more minutes in those games. And, and I think he's going to take advantage of, it. I think it took him some time to like, he sat out for a year. So uh, adjusting to that, uh, the, the speed of the game again and getting back, takes some time. Um, and, and I think he's going to have a good, strong finish here. Uh, just a quick follow-up. Uh, we see, I've, we've seen him on several occasions this year. Not that this is anything that other guys don't do, but it looks like he does spend a lot of time after games working on his shot, getting out beyond the three-point line. I know you guys do want him to defend and rebound, but is that something that he's still going to continue to try to add to his game and, and say, hey, I want to be able to stretch the floor? Absolutely. Sage is in here more than anybody else on our team. Um, and and he's, he puts more work in. He's in here every day, most days, twice a day, um, getting up shots and, and working on his game, working on his finishing. Uh, so it, it's going to show for him. He's just got to keep keep putting the pedal to the metal and, and keep doing the work, and it's going to show. Jimmy, sort of a similar question to John's first, but about Jake Forrester. He obviously missed a couple of games because he was sick. Being back in the rotation, you guys kept Arashima as a starter, and he predominantly came off the bench. Do you foresee him coming off the bench um, looking looking ahead how has he kind of handled that yeah he's, he's handled it well I think for him it's it's going to be about keep putting the work in um and, and keep giving us a spark I think obviously Rosh has done a great job in, in what he's had I mean he goes in there and he plays his tail off and he's physical and he's giving us a spark uh so we're going to ride that and and uh and, and keep keep uh sticking with him there to start and and then from there it's it's going to be about who, who's going to keep competing and, and get those rebounds and loose balls and and bring a factor and I, I think no matter who plays or who starts I think they're both going to play and he's going to be they're both going to be guys who can really help us here as, as in the later part of the season because uh, in this time of the year there's so many like we have at least 13 games left um at least 13 and 14 if you reschedule the the Wichita game and so for us, that's that's a half a season. So there's a lot of basketball left to play, and we're going to need all these guys, even the guys that, that haven't necessarily played as much. We're going to need them all, especially in a year like this with COVID and injuries and everything going on. But we're going to need all of our guys to be ready. Um, it's it's a long season, and, and it's going to be different guys on different nights, and, and that's been our message to these guys. 
And just to follow up on that, Arash was playing the most college basketball. I think he's played his entire Temple career. What is he giving you guys uh, on the floor, and how does he kind of open up the floor on offense? Yeah, he's he's done a great job in terms of bringing energy, um, and he's physical. He, he's going to use all five fouls, and if they let him have eight, he would use eight. Uh, he, he's physical. He's going to run into people. He, he just he, he provides some toughness down there, um, and he does a great job offensive rebounding. Uh, and, and for him, it's not necessarily put him back up. It's to kick out. And, and he did that. And you saw that it was a big three by Dame. I think he, he got a kick out and, and doing things like that is really going to help us and help him. I mean, you know, one of the guys, I feel like we're just going down the roster, but one of the guys that really has a, a bigger role now with the injuries to Caleb and the injury to Ty is high Sears had the opportunity to kind of get some run in these games. So I know, you know, the scoring might not be where you guys think it needs to be at, but he's played some significant minutes against some conference foes. So how does that help this season? And how does that kind of help you project towards the future? Yeah, it's been great. And you know what, you're going to laugh at me, but I think Fabe's best play of the year was he caught in the left corner against Houston and he went in there and he tried to dunk on Fabian White. And and I love him to death, but we kill him. We, we make fun of him because he had no chance of dunking that. But the, the fact that he had the toughness and, and the sort of the, the grit to go in there, especially in a game like that, and say, you know what, hey, we're here and I'm here. And that, that to me shows me he's a winner. Uh, and he's a guy who, who's just going to keep attacking and keep putting the pedal to the metal and, and keep going in there and earning everything he gets. Um, and he's a guy who I think he's starting to show that he can really shoot it and he's going to keep making shots. And he's a guy who I think is, is developing into a guy who can get in there and create more shots for others. Um, but but I, I've been impressed with Fabe and just his overall toughness and work ethic and, and just fearlessness. Um, and, and I know he, he's going to be proud. I, I got to remember that he's from South Philly there and, and he's going to let everybody know it. So um, I've been proud of him. And, and he's another guy who, like I said, we, we have – almost half a season here left and and I'm, I'm expecting him to keep taking on that role and, and keep wanting more, keep pushing. You know, Jimmy, I don't know if there's anybody on the team who plays with more pressure on their shoulders than Jeremiah Williams. I think of the trust and responsibility you guys put on him as the point guard and how he handles that. And then the, the pressure he puts on himself to not only represent himself and his family, but his city and that number 25 he wears in honor of Benji Wilson coming from Simeon, like, how would you say he's handled all of that in his, his two years here at Temple? You know, it's hard to overstate what he means to us from a locker room perspective, from a just defensive ability. Jeremiah is a gamer. He's going to give you everything he has every single night. And, and, and we're going to, we're going to jump on his back. We're going to ride as long as we can. And, and, and he's, he's done a great job. He's done a great job in, in, in everything that he's done. Um, and he, he's got the locker room. Guys respect him, and they respect him because he's tough as nails and he's going to compete every single day. Uh, and th those are the kind of guys that Temple was built on, and, and he's the kind of guy that you're going to remember in, in 10, 15 years as a guy who, who gave everything he had to this program. Um, and I'm, I'm really impressed with him. And, and he's another guy who, who maybe wasn't necessarily as recruited as highly as he should have been. Uh, but it's coming here and, and he's earned everything he's got and he, he's going to keep earning it. Uh, and like I said, he, he's he's done a tremendous job for us. And and I, I don't think he gets the conference recognition that maybe he should at this point. Um, but uh, that's not up to us. He, he's going to bring it every single day uh, because he, he's a guy who's going to lock up the best team, the best the best guy on the other team every single time. And you look at Derek Green, who had 25 against. 
uh, Michigan and 20 something against Memphis. I, I think he had like three points against us. Um, and, and that's Jeremiah and, and the ability to do that. And as a coach, you know, all right, I got Jeremiah, I got Ja, and basically so if the other team as a guard or a forward, like you might as well just neutralize them because those two guys are going to work their absolute tail off to, to make everything difficult for them. Jimmy, I, w I wanted to keep going down the roster here and ask you about Ty, who's been out for a little bit. Uh, you know, when you do, you know, do you have an expectation for him to come back soon? And then when he does come back, where does he kind of fit into this new rotation? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, I'm, I'm hoping he's coming back. I, I just he's been he's been good uh, in practice leading up to this. Uh, he's got a little bit of a back issue that is lingering a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, th those backs are, are tough sometimes just because some days you may wake up and feel great. And then the next day you, you may not be able to really move the way you want to. Um, but, but he's been working with our training, our training staff's done a great job and, and he's been doing a great job of doing his rehab and, and strengthening up those muscles around it so that he can get back and help us. Cause he gives us a spark. And, and like I said, it's a long season. And, and when you get into that conference tournament, it's, it's three games in three days and, and you're going to need guys to, to step up. And I think Ty can do a good job of taking the load off of Jeremiah as well because um, he's he's as quick as a guy there is in this conference and he can he can really pressure the ball and impact it and and make lives tough out there defensively and and that's not even talking about the spurt the the spurt that he can give you offensively when he gets it going he, he's pretty hard to stop um, and our guys know that and you've seen that in some games I think you look at the Vanderbilt game he was terrific um, and if he can keep giving us even half of that production I, I think we, we got a chance to be a really good team. Jimmy, where do things stand with uh, with Emmanuel Okpomo? I know it was a, a neck injury. And again, he's a guy that I, I'm sure you guys were going to maybe try to bring along slowly. Played, He's played some minutes here and there. Uh, is is he ready to come back and you guys just haven't had the minutes for him? Or do you know when you'll get him back? And if so, where where do you where do you want to see progress from him as you kind of build him up as a player? Yes. So Ema is trending towards coming back. Uh, anytime you get a neck injury, uh, that's something that we do not take lightly. Uh, mm -hmm. Just thinking about his future as a human being and as a basketball player. Mm -hmm. um, just just want to make sure that that we've sort of got him in the best possible place in terms of protecting that it is going to be important for us. Uh, so it, it's it's a slow process, but he is making progress and he's trending in that direction towards coming back here soon. What were you seeing from him before before he got hurt? Even just again, he hasn't played a ton of minutes, but a guy you were excited about coming out of, out of the portal from Wake Forest. What even just maybe on the practice floor? What were you starting to see from him before he got hurt? Yeah, we were actually talking about this today as a step. He's a young Ernest Flackby. Uh, he is super physical. He is uh, terrific defensively and walling up and being big. He's got great length. So for him being able to do that, and you look at the bigs in our league who, who can score in that block, you put a guy down there who's not afraid to be physical, who's going to fight you for every inch and wall up at the rim. That, that's something Ema does really well, really well. And that's something that we're expecting him to be able to do when he comes back, assuming he stays healthy and we can keep protecting him and everything. Jimmy, I want to ask you one more question about Dame Dunn before we go to the mailbag. Uh, you spent just about every day with him. It's a guy that hit five threes all of last season. You know, you look at his uh, improved three-point shot production, but also he was really your go-to scorer for a lot of last season. Caleb comes out, you mentioned a guy that can just go out and score 30 on any given night, and Dame sort of has to take a step back in the scoring column. When Caleb goes down, Dame steps back into that role. How is he... 
I guess, handled all of that change? Uh, you know, what does that mean to him? And, and how does he feel now that kind of he's back into that role and how he's handled changing from year to year? Yeah, it's, it's funny. So we were actually talking about this um, as we look at South Florida, right? So South Florida's got like 11 new pieces. And they've lost some tough games early on in the year. They probably shouldn't have lost. And if they played them again now, they wouldn't have lost. It takes time to build that. It takes time to learn your spots. It takes time to learn how to play off of others in games. It, 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 all that takes time. And I think for Dame and KB working through that in the beginning, I think you saw it starting to really work where they both were firing in that LaSalle game before KB got hurt. And then that changes. So now Dame's role changes again. Um, so for, for us, it, it just takes time to build that sort of chemistry and, and learn how to play with each other. Like you said, it, we played what 15 games last year and, and Damon KB only played together in like four of them. So like it, for those guys, it, it takes time to build that. And for him, he, he's just, like I said, his maturity, uh, his growth over the last couple of years has been tremendous and he's just handled everything in stride and, and he's never given up on himself. You know, there's been and I know I know there's been games where we wanted more out of him, but it wasn't because he, he didn't have it. It's just because he's young and he's still figuring out how to get there. I mean, it's still a process with all these guys. Like at the end of the day, I want them to win. I want to we, we want to win every game for the rest of the year. But it's a process with these guys and constantly getting them better and getting them more comfortable out there. And as they start having success and they keep having success, that's when you'll start to see these guys really blossom into who they really are. Um, and hopefully we've started that process already. Uh, but we got to continue that as well. And on that note, you had mentioned before about uh, you guys were in the huddle and he said, no, I want the ball for the final shot. Is that something that Dame would have done last year, even eight games ago? You know, when, when do you feel like he kind of clicked into that? I'm, I'm that guy kind of mentality. It's a good question. I, I'm, I'm not sure completely, um, but I think, I think confidence has a lot to do with that. And for him, I think he might've wanted to be that guy a year ago, two years ago, whatever it is. But now he's got the confidence and he's got the resume to back it up. So it, it, that's that's got to give you a, a great feeling to, to be able to say, yo, no, 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 I want the ball. You know, it, it takes time to build that. And not everybody, that, that doesn't happen quickly for anybody, really. Um, so for Dame to learn and to build that and to grow that, that's been that's been great. It's been great. And, and we're hoping he keeps keeps developing and keeps growing and, and keeps doing it. We've got some some mailbag questions here for you. Some are from Twitter. Some are from our Al Scoop message boards. The first one is from our message board, and the screen name is Berkshire Al. The question is, how has the coaching staff been dealing with the long breaks between games that have come about due to COVID-19 cancellations? So, you know, fingers crossed it hasn't been as bad as it was last season, but here you are dealing with a pause. So, yeah, how do you, how do you guys deal? Is it easier because we went through last year or just different in a different season? Yeah, so I think last year helped prepare us uh, because last year I think we were shut down more than anybody. Uh, we It hasn't been as bad this year. Uh, this has been probably the longest one that, that we've gone through. Um, but but if anything, it just it gives us more time to, to rest our guys who need it uh, and to work with the young guys who need it too. So that's that's been what we really focused our time on. Uh, next question here, another one for our message boards. It's a recruiting question, so I know you can't mention specific names, but uh, the screen name is moosejake008. Are you trying to find, via the portal and high school recruitment, someone that gives you post-play and scoring on offense? I think everyone can see the need for more balance on the offensive end with an inside score that can pass out of double teams. Short answer, yes. 
uh, yeah, that, that's a priority for us. And, and uh, for us, depending upon how our roster shakes out and, and what kind of happens, I think you always have to be prepared for uh, new arrivals and departures. Um, so that's kind of the state of college baseball right now. But yes, yes, we, we will be looking for someone like that in the portal. I want to ask you a follow up to that. You know, from the outside looking in last year, you guys have done a good job of really holding on to who you've wanted to hold on to in terms of roster management. And, you know, you guys go five and 11 last year and, you know, a fan might be thinking, Ooh, you know, is an ACC school going to come to Damian Dunn and say, Hey, we think you can play in the ACC or could a big 10 school like go to Jeremiah and be like, Hey, we really liked what we saw of you this year. You could, you're a big 10 player. You were under recruited. You guys weren't, you guys weren't really hurt by the portal and that's no disrespect to guys that left but you guys know that you were able to keep who you wanted to keep that's no easy feat with the way things are right now in the state of college athletics how how has that been the case is it just recruiting these guys every day and making sure that you engage them enough i mean it might sound simple but i think it's kind of worth noting so far yeah, I think that's that's the state of college basketball right now. Um, and, and I almost think that consistency is just as important as talent right now, um, just because you can kind of you know what you have and, and guys can build and it, you can have instant success as opposed to how right, we got to build it again. All right. How's this going to play out? Uh, I think it's a testament to Aaron and, and the program that he runs. Uh, I think it's a testament to the the beauty of Temple University from a community standpoint and from a uh, facility standpoint and campus standpoint. I think as you look and, and we had um, I had a couple we had a couple coaches up here uh, right before the season starts and they had been to a couple different places. I, I think if you look at our facilities and where they're going, it, we have everything that every ACC schools has, and some of it is better. Uh, so I think as you look at that. And now the guys are comfortable here. Uh, they trust Coach McKee. They like their teammates. Uh, I think we do a pretty good job of, of just maintaining legitimate relationships with these guys. Genuine, not, hey, we're trying to use you, so I need you to do this. More uh, getting to know them on a personal level and, and uh, being there for them when they need it most, and, and, but also giving them a kick in the butt when they need it to. Um, I also think it's, it's how we recruit. I mean, we're not, we're not going to go out there and promise you a ton of things. And I think what you see is is you get wind up getting the right guys, the guys that fit you, the guys that fit Temple. Um, we're not out there saying, hey, Sam, you know what, you're going to start and you're going to be rookie of the year. I think if we said that to someone, it's just disingenuous unless it was actually true. Um, and there are guys who we could say that to and like who would do that. Um, but I think it's more the way Aaron is, um, uh, type of human being that he is type of coach that he is. And, and the group that we have here of guys who are about the right things, who, who are temple guys and who, who fit. Um, next question here. The screen name is TU Alice fan, 2004, putting you on the spot. Who's your favorite Germantown Academy basketball player of all time? It's a great question. Uh, the only one of those guys who would listen to this is Cam Ayers. So I'm going to say Cam Ayers um, <laughs> because I know he'll listen to this. Um, but uh, but no, nah, I I, uh, I mean, hey, there's been a, a tremendous amount of guys who've gone on and, and been tremendous players. And I know they're going to keep pumping out tremendous players. Matt Dolan's doing a heck of a job there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I have a, a favorite one, um, but th there were a lot of good ones, a lot of good ones. Uh, next question here. The uh, the screen name is P. Furmai. 
Uh, question for Jimmy, what would you, what would you point to? And we've kind of d- covered a little bit of this already, but, uh, what would you point to as the main reason for the team's turnaround since Caleb Battle first got injured as we, as we look like a completely different team since the St. Joe's game a month ago. Thanks for taking my question and keep up the great work. Work and confidence. Uh, I think those are the two, uh, putting in the work and, and confidence in your preparation has been big. Uh, final one here. This was an off-topic one that we got. We'll throw this into the pile for you. That we we call this guy screen name Al to the eighth degree. Uh, is a burrito a sandwich? Uh, that's a great question. I, I'm gonna go with no. I think it's a burrito. Jimmy Fennerty eat a lot. Are you a burrito guy? Yeah, you know I, 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 I tend to frequent Chipotle and uh, and Qdoba here occasionally. Yeah, absolutely. Eggs the question, Jimmy. Are you a Chipotle or a Qdoba guy? Uh, I think I lean Chipotle, but, but I, I'm not like That's a right connoisseur here. Like my, like you can put this on the, on the, uh, the message boards here and kill <laughs> me for it. But my, uh, my, my Chipotle order is and literally everywhere is, is rice, chicken, and a little bit of cheese like that. That's it. So like, I'm not exactly, uh, not exactly just, just it's just constantly, constantly bul- always bulking. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, you're not- that, that's probably it. So you're not a very, does that mean you're not a very adventurous eater? Like, do you just have like your standard things that you go to or, or what? Yeah, I'm, I'm about as simple as it gets in every facet of life uh, would probably be the, the way I would describe myself. So uh, yeah, that's probably about it. Well, Jimmy, this was, this was a lot of fun as always really, really appreciate the time and uh, best of luck to you guys uh, when you get to play again uh and uh congrats on the the three-game win streak and uh thanks for spending time with us we'll talk to you down the line yeah, yeah thanks fellas. really appreciate it. always always a pleasure here jumping on with you guys and, and thanks for all you guys do supporting us and temple and and uh and making this thing even bigger right big big thank you as always to jimmy fennerty for spending time with us always gives us really a lot of great insight into the team and kind of just is able to go as we did just now just up and down the roster. But again, the, the Owls are 10 and six now and three and two in the American Athletic Conference heading into what should be their next game, uh, provided there are no more COVID issues. Uh, that will be Saturday at USF. Uh, again, the, we're recording this on a Wednesday night when Temple normally would have been preparing to play Wichita State. That game is off. But again, a three-game win streak, modest three-game win streak for the Owls. Um, and again, hopefully you got a lot out of that interview from Jimmy Fennerty guys, just some initial reactions to it. What did you, what did you take from the the scan of the roster there from Jimmy and how things are going? I can take this one first. Uh, the first thing I guess sticks out to me um, thinking back about our conversation with Jimmy and he was very gracious with his time. And I thought he gave us a lot of great insight was, I thought it was fun to hear him talk about his, he thought that high Miller's best play of the season was when he tried to jam, tried to jam one against Houston, which objectively was fantastic. And, and it was cool to see high Sear try to do something like that. Cause he hasn't, Although, you know, he's driven in the lane. He's made some nice plays. We've seen not a huge sample size of him. That was the most aggressive we've seen him play. Um, and his whole recruitment and the beginning of his, the early days of his Temple career, we heard a lot of like, he's South Philly. He's a Philly point guard. He's tough. He brings a lot defensively. That was the first play. We saw him be extremely aggressive in in trying something a little different. And Jimmy was uh, spoke highly of him. And I think this is something we've talked about. It's almost stating the obvious at this point is that, uh, it's the, it's Hasir's first year. He's got a lot to grow, but he's kind of coming into that role. And if he can improve his game offensively and, you know, grow as a defender, he can be a really important piece for them down the line. I want to piggyback exactly off that because what I thought of when Jimmy said that was 
John, I remember 2015, um, Temple opened up against UNC down in Annapolis. Yes. Yeah. And the moment that I kind of knew, like, okay, he had a bunch of stars behind him. He had offers behind him. He has the name behind him. The moment that I knew that Shiz was going to be like a really good college player is in the end of that UNC game, they get blown out. There's like a scuffle at the end of at the end of the court, at the end of the game, where I think Trello's on the floor and, and Shiz on the floor, and UNC is kind of disrespecting them. And Shiz and and uh, sorry, and Trey Lowe as freshmen kind of like stood their own ground, like got in their face and really didn't like back down. And that's kind of what reminds me of with, with, with Fave is like, okay, you have those moments where, all right, the skill set's not fully there yet. You're a freshman that was playing college ba- or ba- high school basketball a couple months ago, but the mentality is there and the, everything else kind of follows after that. So that stood out to me. And that was the initial parallel that jumped into my mind. Devon, what, what stands out to you from the conversation? Well, I was going to add on to that. Like, it seems like, you know, I sure had that moment, but I'd say Jalil White had that freshman toughness moment too against St. Joe's. Like all of the trash talking that he endured in that game happened right in front of where I was sitting. Hmm. His like emotional maturity, I'm going to call it, is like it's up there. I don't know if I could have gone that long without at least like getting an intentional flagrant foul on Jordan Hall because he was just hearing it nonstop. So I say he's in that conversation, but no, from, from Jimmy, I mean, just him talking about Zach Hicks and Nick Jordan and how much work they put in and how confident they are. Like their numbers might not say it, but we're at practice once a week, or at least we were, we know those two guys can shoot the leather off the face of a basketball. And when they finally just put it together and start translating that into, you know, live game situations, the team's only going to get better and better from there. You know, replacing Sage Toba with Nick Jordan in the starting lineup, it was something I said I wanted to see on WHIP like early in the season. And now that it's happened and it looks like it's worked for the benefit of the offense, it looks like there is a direction. And the recruiting the big man out of the portal thing, I think that's music to every Temple observer's ears because that is the biggest thing that's missing, a big man that can score down low. Dante, your thoughts on the interview? Yeah, my my big takeaway was less about one player and more about the team. I just thought it was interesting hearing Jimmy kind of talk about how, you know, they could almost benefit a little bit despite battles injury. Obviously, right, you lose a high-volume score like that. But I thought it was interesting to hear him talk about how, you know, everyone's been bumped up a peg in kind of the scoring hierarchy, I guess, is, is a word to use for it. And they like a lot of what they've seen uh, from some of those players' response to, to getting pushed up, right? We've talked about, you know, Heiser Miller and what he's done in his limited minutes. It seems like he's got the right mentality. We asked him about Zach Kicks, like, hey, like, you know, I know he's a little inconsistent, but, you know, he's going to put it together. He's constantly getting shots up. Uh, Nick Jordan has stepped up. So I thought it was interesting to hear about, you know, how much, you know, almost every we asked about every player on the roster, right? But like how much every player on the roster has kind of benefited, you know, it benefited being in air quotes here because obviously you never want to lose a player like battle, but like has benefited from getting more minutes and how they've responded to that individually. And then as a team, you know, they've been able to ban together and string some wins together. I'm, I'm mostly an outside observer to the basketball team. So you like getting to hear, um, getting to hear that about every player and how they've responded to that. And I think I forget who it was asking the question was like, you know, now that you're kind of seeing the development of these under recruited guys, does that kind of make you feel like, you know, you trust the process a little bit more, obviously it's just a three game winning streak and that's an easy buzzword to throw around. But, you know, I, I think, you know, 
Jimmy gave the political answer, but I think you could kind of tell in the way that he was talking about these players that you know, they're very, very happy what they've seen and that they've been able to, to use battles injury to their benefit as much as they can. So I thought that was really interesting in getting to hear how the roster as a group and then how the roster is individually, you know, kind of adapted to that. Yeah. I think it sounds simple, but they needed, they needed this again. It's a, it's a modest three game win streak. Uh, we don't want to mistake them for an NCAA tournament team at this point, but they just need to see some of this stuff work out. Again, we, we talk about this a lot. This is a, this is a fan base that has been without a, a, a team that's gone past the first weekend of the NCAA tournament since 2001, long time, more than 20 years. And so when you recruit a Jaleel White and people say, well, Tosh Sweet is, is the one going to West Virginia. Jaleel got hurt. How good is he going to be? And look, I, I wish Tosh Sweet the, the best in his future, but he's at, he, you know, things don't work out for him at West Virginia. He's going to coastal Carolina. Maybe he revives his career down there, but they're starting to see what was possible with Jaleel and it comes in a win and you see big shots from him down the stretch. Like I, like I asked Jimmy, you know, when they got Nick Jordan, you know, sub, there's cynicism there from the fans. Okay, oh, if he's such a good athlete, why didn't six or seven Big East teams, you know, offer him? When are they going to get a four or five star guy? But Nick Jordan looks like a big time athlete. And, you know, he goes whatever it was, one of seven, I guess, at, at Tulsa, but gets 23, one of seven from three, right? And he still gets 23 because he was hanging around the rim, not afraid to take mid range shots and, and stuff like that. All of this stuff is starting to come. And again, three wins not 10, not 12, but it's starting to come in wins. And these guys, even if it's something as simple as like celebrating after the game in the locker room and just seeing like, oh, we did this and it worked out. We did this and it worked out. We did this and it worked out. They needed to start seeing that before, you know, more doubt creeps in and more criticism creeps in. And again, like Jimmy said, they have at least 13 games left, if not more, if, if, uh, if Wichita doesn't get rescheduled. But I don't know. I, I heard a guy that is – cautiously optimistic to say, Hey, this is what we expected from some of these guys from Dame. Um, and this is what we could hopefully expect from a guy like Akpomo. And then he answered the, you know, the recruiting question as honestly as he could. This also might be kind of obvious, but um, I mean, just to that point, like that's kind of their path to success or in the early first couple of years of the Aaron McKee era, like they're not going to get those four Absolutely. and five star recruits until they make it to the tournament or make it past the first weekend and credit to them, credit to their staff. They've done a great job of talent evaluation. Even you look at the guys they haven't gotten that they got in really early and then have blown up afterward, but Heiser Miller is starting to look solid for them. And, you know, he was an under-recruited guy that dropped 50 in a run after he committed to temple. But Jeremiah, the Jeremiah Williams, the Nick Jordanes, and the Jaleel Whites of the world, that recruiting class, if Quincy Adam McCoy doesn't prove to be anything, you, and you go three for four on a four-person recruiting class during a pandemic where you don't get to see these guys play as much of a high school season and no AAU season, that's extremely impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're going to finish things out here with uh, it's a little bit of a little bit of football talk. Uh, and again, thank you to all of you for the mailbag questions, for submitting mailbag questions uh, that helped keep moving the conversation along with Jimmy Farrity. Um, got a few more, uh, just a few more football updates here. We talked a lot last week about, um, you know, Stan Drayton rounding out his staff. Um, we're heading into that that football uh, recruiting period in, in, the, in February where Temple's looking to Fill out more of its class. Um, if you're an Alscoop.com subscriber, you can read Caden's story steal on D'Artagnan Tinsley's visit, the Kentucky Christian University transfer, uh, and uh, read about how his visit went. Temple's still in the mix for him. 
Uh, EJ Warner, the son of Kurt Warner, is visiting this weekend, as are some of the commits and, and signees, Jackson Pruitt, a guy who's already signed from Cast Tech in Detroit, Reese Clark, who was, I believe, the, the first guy from the 2022 class to uh, to commit to Temple. Uh, Caleb Kemp, is it Khalif Kemp or Caleb Kemp? I really sh- I'm pretty it's sure Khalif. it's Khalif. I'm pretty it's sure Khalif, Khalif. I think Khalif's the norm. Yeah, yeah. Khalif's the normal. Yeah, yeah, Khalif Kemp from, from Imhotep. Um, and I, we, we shouted out Bella before uh, for her inquirer story. Um, a lot of people were wondering why he didn't sign in the early period in December. And he told Bella that he couldn't sign last month because of uh, some of his academic credits didn't transfer to Temple because he did homeschooling last year during the pandemic. So uh, he's going to be visiting uh, this weekend, probably a couple of other names uh, to keep an eye on um, as they look to, to round out, round up this class. So, uh, so again, stay tuned to the site for, for more, uh, more football recruiting coverage. Uh, maybe we'll have a, a basketball game to cover on Saturday uh, against USF. Sam gave me the, the, the point of finger. Like he wants to, wants to make a point here or did you not? I fully did not. I was looking at something else, and then you mentioned the USF game or mentioned basketball. I just looked back. I don't know. In I fairness, know. I also thought you were giving the signal. So oh, normally, John's that. terrible at signals. I I thought I was I was on board with the That's just me. Right. Normally, John. <laughs> I mean, buddy. No, John. John's not. John's not bad. Wait, wait. In all fairness, John's not bad with singles. With singles. With signals, John uses looks at a Zoom screen and then goes to a different screen, but keeps talking. And never knows. Doesn't see us. It's just it's a three minute screen. like stream of conscious, and like Sam eventually just gives up on trying to. <laughs> to get oh, I give up. Uh, football recruiting related. Uh, I still think, gun to my head, if you made me bet my mortgage on it, that Elijah Clark, the four star transfer. Um, from Rutgers, who's a, a Camden kid, originally a top 250 kid. I still think he probably ends up at Syracuse. That's where Deuce Chestnut is a freshman All-American now. They're like best friends. But he was on campus today. Today is Wednesday the 19th. Preston Brown coached him on the next next level grade 7-on-7 seven seven team. Corey Yeoman uh, played with um, Mahima Cargo. Pretty much half that 7-on-7 seven seven team is that won the national championship in 2019 is currently at Temple. So there's a lot of connections there. Obviously, it would be a massive get, um, but just something to keep an eye on. He did he did tweet out yesterday, hey, I'm looking to enroll in the school like immediately, which I think you're going to see with guys like that. You look at uh, Tinsley, the transfer from Kentucky Christian, wants to be a spring enrollee. The spring semester's already started, but you kind of have 10, 15 days to get these guys in. So I think a lot of these things are going to come to a head one way or the other uh, pretty shortly. Yeah. So I think the si- covering the signing day in February is going to be a lot more eventful than it was uh, in December pre-Christmas. So uh Thanks again to all of you guys uh, for listening this week, submitting your mailbag questions. Thanks to my house scoop group here, crew, house scoop crew here, I should say. And uh, we'll have more for you next week. Hopefully more basketball coverage, more football recruiting coverage, and we will talk to you soon.